Welcome back. Welcome back to Progress Over Perfection. I'm Russell Fugit, and I've just been trying to control and, and convince my wife to get back in this space. And she's, uh, you know, been struggling with a little bit of perfectionism, dare I say, in terms of one uh, marketing arm <laughs> to be more consistent. But I keep reminding her that whether it's two people or the 30 or 50 or even 100 that have listened, um, if these episodes are giving life uh, and hope, uh, to people, then we need to get out here and share them. And um, it's uh, certainly fun for us. And seemingly it's been impactful for the many women in particular who've taken the time to listen and engage. And on that note, I want to celebrate my wife in this space. She recently, just a few days ago, celebrated three years of sobriety. We had the two year celebration last year. We had a thousand day celebration in November, which we actually did. I did a thousand days bigger than in three days, three years. But nonetheless, we are just so excited for her. And healing is possible. Um, God can make you anew. Believe it. Embrace that reality. Get in community. Um, get with people who love you. Do the work. And God will work right alongside of you. And my wife's life is testimony of that. And that's really what this podcast is about. It's about uh, progress. Um, not perfection. And so uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I think you're going to really uh, enjoy this episode. And we have you know, a couple stories to tell. Sila's going to do most of the telling, of course. But uh, we're happy to be back in this space. And we're really going to push. If you, if you have my wife's contacts in her DM, her text, encourage her. Uh, we have you know, a, a list of things we want to talk about. We have some guests we want to nail down and, and have here. And we're hoping to get that going as we head into the springtime. So thanks for listening. Please share uh, and subscribe um, wherever you get your podcast. We've expanded distribution uh, on uh, of this podcast. So anywhere you listen, really, you should be able to find it. If there's somewhere uh, that you cannot find it, please contact us. So again, thanks for listening and welcome back again to progress over perfection. Hey, Sila, where you been? Busy. Where have you been? <laughs> Trying to keep you in line. Oh, my, keep me in line, please. You better stop. No, seriously, we have been MIA and we are sorry. Happy New Year. It's February, though. Yes, it is February. Black Happy History. Black History Month. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. You took it from me. Oh, okay. You say, yeah, go for it. Celebrate. Anyway, so our apologies that we have been a bit MIA. Uh, life is, is life in right now. And so, um, but we really wanted to get back on. I've had some people reached out to me and gently nudge me and thank you. You know who you are. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too because I tried to nudge and almost got in trouble. So <laughs> It's anyway. just been a lot. I've tried to be gentle with myself and I encourage you guys to do the same. So anyways, we want to share uh, about a situation that happened to us in California. But before we share about that, Russ, why were we in Cali? Well, um, my brother got married. This is back in yeah, June. Yeah, Marie. He got married. Yeah. So um, it was quite a spectacular three-day three wedding. It was amazing. And then we were crazy enough to go to Disneyland the day after the mm -hmm. wedding, which made it a fourth day. Yes. We surprised the girls. We did the whole decorate the hotel room surprise. We're going today, like right now. And then went on to Disneyland. It was like a combination of like ex uh, excitement and like 
overcoming exhaustion at the same time because like <laughs> between being jet lagged you know being in california and then on top of that the wedding and all these evening events for the girls you know the wedding the day before the wedding um and then the first day we got there of course we we're just jet lagged probably um it was it was a full four days yes it was so um, on this episode, we wanted to tell a story and share about something that happened to us at a restaurant in California. Um, if you've ever been to California, they have the dopest like half indoor, half outdoor restaurants. They are my favorite in the entire world. I love eating outside. If you're my friend, hint, hint. Um, but we found this really cool like chicken joint where you got like a chicken box. And I was like, oh, we got chicken boxes in Baltimore. It was not the same chicken box, by the way, y'all. But we'll get to that on another episode. Um, but it was really a, a cool restaurant. But we had a situation with a waitress. And Russ, why don't you share some of your perspective and then I can what happened. And then I can share her one-on-one -on -one conversation with me. Um, so um, a lady who at this rest, particular restaurant, who I think identified herself as a manager, um, just, you know, white lady. Um, it was very nice and came over and just asked us if we were enjoying our meal and um, started chatting us up a little bit and then quickly turned and um, noticed our youngest daughter mm -hmm. and began to comment about her, how she looked and that she was beautiful and that she had such beautiful eyes and began talking to her and asking her what her name was and interacting with her. Um, and so, you know, Celia and I observed the interaction. And we're all sitting there and our oldest daughter also was. And um, with it during that interaction, um, my youngest daughter is saying, yeah, you know, I'm this. And then but my older sister is 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 she's um, going to turn eight next month. And, she, you know, you know, like acknowledging her. And then there was another, you know, interaction. And this lady showed pictures and she was white and she showed pictures of her. She apparently she had just gotten married recently and the picture of her son who was around our oldest daughters or between, I guess, or when a child, you know, school age, I guess, I don't know exactly the age and her husband who happened to be black and, you know, started, you know, making connectivity for us being a mixed race family. Um, and then continued to engage with my youngest daughter. Another question came up and again, my youngest daughter, I think at least on two occasions, I can't remember yes. exactly mm -hmm. referred to her sister who was sitting right there. And throughout this whole conversation, this woman, um, never acknowledged, um, our oldest daughter. Um, who happens to be a brown-skinned, brown-eyed girl. And we have our youngest, and who is a fair-skinned, blue-eyed. on the beach of California, so she yeah. was real tan. Right. Well, yes, we had been summertime, yes. and we had already been at the pool, and, yeah, you know, she, it was... It she was, gets a beautiful, yes, beautiful Yes, yes. So um, that was, like, the, the exchange. But it made all of us feel uncomfortable. But, you know, it wasn't until I think I vocalized it first to ask if it was just me. Or did you observe this? That me and Sila, once the girls had finished their food and they had gone to play, there were other kids and it was like a nice, you know, open out air. air, open <laughs> air, this little playground on the side kind of area where the kids yeah. could run around. And they, within an eyeball of us, they, so they went and kind of did that while we finished our meal and we began talking because it really made me feel un uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was, I just want to interject for one second. I was really uncomfortable that Natalie was aware at five years old of what we were aware that she was only doting on Natalie and your hair and your eyes and oh my gosh you're you look like my son and let me show you the picture and it was really obvious to a five-year-old that she continued to try to bring her sister in and so when they got up and, and walked away from the table I was like I gotta check in with Russ and you had forgotten your glasses in the car y'all so he had his prescription sunglasses on in the restaurant which I hate it drives me crazy it's like oh man 
Why do you have your sunglasses on? I was in. Hey, I was in California. I was in L.A. We were like in like the nice like part of California. The sun too. wasn't in our eyes we were in, in the, the high restaurant. cotton section of California. Okay. okay. You know, but anyway, still. Anyways, I couldn't see him, and so I was like, "Hey, babe, like, how did you feel about that?" And he lifted his sunglasses up, and I could see that he had been crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And Pastor Jimmy and Irene have teach, teach us so many wonderful things. But one of them is like, what's coming up for you? And, like, he shared that he had experienced some of that as a child um, in his own family where he was the brown skin, curly hair, you know, darker complected child um, with his younger brother and sister who were light skin and mixed race and, and people doted on like they were doting on Natalie. And it really upset him. Um, and so Paige came back to the table by herself and we asked her how she felt about that. And she immediately started crying. Do you remember what she said? I remember she said that she recognized that mm-hmm. um, she said exactly what I had said a minute ago is that um, the lady came and kept talking to, to Natalie and to you and me and about Natalie and even and didn't say anything to her. And that made her feel bad. And then she even you asked her a follow up question and she even she didn't identify. And we were very specific about not asking leading questions. Yes. We um, just to be open, ask her open ended questions. Like, what did she think about that lady coming over? Mm-hmm. And she told her, she said, and Natalie was even trying to mentioned me and she still wouldn't say anything and didn't know didn't notice like me. I'm invisible. Yeah. And, and she, then that yeah. really broke my heart yeah. when she said she that. felt invisible. And yeah. so I, I experienced this on, on a number of occasions because I have, you know, younger siblings who my stepmother's white and so I was the older, chubby, you know, I'm a big guy. I was a big kid. Um, you know, I'd be the old ten year old and my my siblings who were like one and three were these cute, you know, white looking kids. And they would often get the attention of people and, and it was like I wasn't there. And I felt I felt that that um, sting in that moment. And I felt bad. I'm very sensitive to not having that. And it, it it's it sometimes it still happens where people will um, identify Natalie. You know, and these is black and white people will identify Natalie and her blue eyes and but not also identify Paige and the beauty that they see in her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very aware of that and very sensitive uh, to that. But in, in this case, it was abundantly blatant and glaring for a stranger yeah. um, to come up and, and say that, even to the point where Natalie, on two occasions, tried to mention her big sister, who is like her hero, yes. to say, hey, yeah, I'm here too, but my sister, she'll be eight next month. Mm-hmm. Like She was such proud, so and the lady proud. just ran right past it to what was already in her mind about identifying our youngest and and her beauty and her blue eyes and so it was it was hard to and I you know I didn't want it to just be me but we all checked in yeah. and Sela recognized it and then our oldest daughter we called her over you know without giving lead asking we're very specific not to ask leading questions she identified it then we knew that it was very real what had just happened because it not only did it remind me of what I ex- experienced <laughs> as a boy but it also was something that in this moment, our oldest daughter had experienced and was processing in real time. But I think we also identified when we talked about it that it wasn't. In, I didn't think that it was entirely intentional. Correct. Agreed. Agreed. We talked briefly about it, and I felt like a gut feeling or a check in my spirit, which I call it, because I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to me and God speaks to me, and I know He does, and He's confirmed it on so many occasions. But I felt that. I should go talk to this young lady. And I said better you than me because I was a little, you know, I was a little, <laughs> I was a little hurt and angered. Yeah. And also, I'm the big black guy. Yeah, I don't go talking. Um, excuse me, ma'am. Um, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't think I was the one. 
I said I would do it because I'm not afraid, but I just don't think it's going to be might not be very productive or received as well yeah. if it's coming from me. <laughs> so we agreed quickly that it was best if you go woman to woman, white woman to white woman yeah. and have a sidebar. And that's exactly what I did. So I when she had come back out, I had asked her if we um, could speak on the side and we kind of walked around to like a bush where there was nobody else around because I didn't want to embarrass her whatsoever. That is not the goal. Um, And the other thing I tried to do was connect with her um, on a common ground. And so I said, you know, mother to mother, you know, and I just kind of told her in the most loving way that I could um, that what, how, what happened back there and how that made my daughter feel and not that she was wrong, but just how it made my daughter feel. And I kind of let her come up with her own and she immediately recognized it and felt really bad because my goal wasn't to do that. It wasn't to make her feel bad or anything like that. I don't want to call her out or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to help her to realize, you know, how her actions affected a child and how they affect others. And she said, can I go apologize to Paige, to your daughter? Um, and I said, no, because I had asked Paige ahead of time because I'm very good about asking Paige about her boundaries. And I asked her if she asked to apologize, what would you like me to tell her? And she said, no, no, thank you. Perfect. So I handled that for her and I told her no, but thank you. I appreciate it so much. And you know, all of that. And she asked if she could hug me. And, you know, I told her that I was a woman of faith and I would be praying for her and her new husband. And, you know, it was really good. And I didn't know like what I was doing in that moment. I kind of like let the Holy Spirit lead me, as I said, my gut feeling, as some people call it, but my Holy Spirit, um, I, I let the Lord lead me. And uh, recently, Pastor Jimmy and Irene, which if you are close to me, you know how much I cherish that couple, um, preached a sermon together. And Pastor Jimmy said something that his father taught him and his father is Bishop Rollins. And if you know who he is, he is absolutely amazing. And Jimmy shared something that his father shared with him, uh, Bishop Rollins. And if uh, you've ever met him, he is so absolutely amazing. Ah, such a dear man. But he told him to never confront someone unless the goal is to bring them to life. And I didn't realize what I was doing in that moment, but I was just allowing the Lord to lead me. And I feel like that is kind of what I did because I wanted her, you know, to realize that what she had done was hurtful so that maybe she doesn't do that again. And I didn't want it to be a hurtful, shameful, um, this lady tried to tell me experience. I wanted it to be a loving experience. And I feel like that's what it was. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to play you a short little clip of that sermon. Be right back. My dad told me this years ago, and I I, I promise you, I do everything I can do to live by this value. He said, never confront someone unless the goal is to bring them life. Yeah. And many of us, we don't do that. We dump. We want everyone to feel as bad as we feel. So I'm going to tell you about yourself because I want you to feel the pain that I'm not looking at internally to really fix my future. But, and so I, I start telling, then it's everybody else's fault. Have you, yeah. Y'all know anybody, come on somebody, who, who everything, everything that's wrong can't be everybody else. Come on. come on, you carry you everywhere you go. And in the famous prophetic words of Rob Bass, he said, it takes two to make a thing go right. 
It takes two to make it out of sight. Mm-hmm. I want to rock right now. I'm rock based and I came to get down. I'm not internationally yeah. known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get stupid. We all are stupid. Come on. It's true. It's That's a rap true. for everybody who I dated myself. I'm 90s rap. That's yeah. Stupid. So that was a, a clip from uh, Union Church's um, podcast. Uh, check it out. Subscribe. Um, December 19th, 2022, uh, Jimmy and Irene Rollins uh, spoke that Sunday. Um, so, see, I know you had another episode uh, where you had an interaction where, where uh, uh, another uh, or I guess an older uh, white gentleman felt comfortable uh-huh. sharing some stuff with you. I did. And I got to tell you, it was a space that was not too many white people in the space and i think that honestly he identified me as another white person clearly and came over and started saying some pretty inappropriate things um and i felt like the longer i stayed quiet in that conversation the more he continued to go on and on and the more the 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 craziness came out the more i was appalled honestly that the this was happening and this was being said and i did speak up Um, I definitely did not stay quiet. Um, I spoke up in love. Um, And that's one of the things that I have really learned is that you really do have to speak up, but you got to speak up in love because no one's going to hear you. Um, And so I really was able to share with that person. Um, And we have connected a a few times since then. And I have been able to share with that person um, how much I saw parts of him in my father. And how I was able to soften my heart to him um, because I did recognize that. And I um, was able to love him through that. And it was really beautiful. But I got to tell you, I'm having a lot of these conversations. I'm telling you. Mr. Fugit. Wasn't there another guy at the grocery store too? Oh my gosh. Yes. During the pandemic. Another older white man. I think the older white men like to talk to me. Um, This one... Basically, we're all the older men like to talk to you. Let's just be real about that. That's true. This is the conversation seem to be kind of different along racial lines. I don't know why. I don't think they are very different. Let me tell you, very different. Um, But anyways, we it was during the pandemic and it was outside of Trader Joe's. Uh, We were in the line and there was a white man behind me that made a comment that was incredibly racially insensitive. And I just couldn't take it. And I turned around and I lovingly had a conversation with him and I told him how much I disagree with what he said. And I gave him facts. And I told him that I'm a mom of two black women and that, like, I don't appreciate that. And that can be really hurtful. And we just, like, in waiting for the line, because I don't know if you remember, we had to wait in line to get to the grocery store during the pandemic. You didn't, fool. I did, by the way. We were sitting in the car with our kids while you were in the line going out the door early pandemic. By the time, you guys, we got into the grocery store, the man bought me flowers. He bought me flowers, brought them to me at the checkout line to the point that I had to walk up and be like, um, someone already bought me these flowers. Like, I'm not paying for them again. It was so weird. I didn't know what to do with all that. But clearly I made a difference and I I convicted him in some way or made him see things, see the situation differently to the point that he wanted to buy me flowers and apologize for what he said. And he said, you made me see this differently today. Thank you. Well, that's beautiful. So um, I just want to find out when are we launching the Sela Talks to the Whites podcast? Because I think I think it's time. Sela <laughs> talks to the whites. The, the, the whites. 
<laughs> yeah, like like our previous president had the blacks. We'll, oh we'll, my! We'll gosh. have the white. No, can, no. I don't. I don't think that'll be a hit. No, why not? Because first of all, I know how many white people going to talk to me. They seem like they want to talk to you and say stuff to you. You know, I say something back know. to them. I don't well, know. you do, we'll and see. I guess you know we. How were, many openly want to come talk to me about their racism? You were out here changing hearts and minds one I'm one trying. interaction at a time. I'm trying to be I'm, the hands I'm, and feet. I pre- I, right, and I appreciate you for that. And in all seriousness, we gotta we have to laugh through some of this because sometimes when these situations happen and they are hurtful but also sometimes they're like amusing sometimes they're purely amusing and and funny because it's just like it's so crazy um to hear and understand how how people think and interpret the world and interpret um you know different people and people groups and it's you know it's it's a combination of feelings and thoughts but i think laughter sometimes is the medicine and perhaps even the coping mechanism that we, we use. Yeah. So anyway, um, Sila talks to the whites coming soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for that, for that, oh she won't let me name this episode that I'm sure. But um, Oh, no. You know, no, yeah, I know. I know. This. Okay, so I have to come with a better name for this episode. Y'all but, pray for me. Well, <laughs> yeah, pray for her because she's out here doing doing ministry to folks out here. Um, we know, and just with no uh, plan. It's not on the calendar. It just happens. It just happens in and, the Trader Joe's and line. We just have and... to be prayed up and ready to show up. Um, when those situations happen so that we can we can lovingly um, steer people in the direction who I, who I and, you know and then genuinely think are, are well you know two or three cases I was you know aware I'm aware of who these individuals are or were and I think people are genuinely you know mean well and don't mm-hmm. necessarily mean to harm but as I've you know had to uh, confront and address other people uh, over the last few years is that's a slippery slope when you have these ideas uh, in your mind or thoughts um, and you're exclusionary, or if you're in a situation where you can even say things or say jokes or tell stories that are dehumanizing to certain groups of people, it could be a slippery slope that can lead to some very ugly and dangerous um, behaviors. And even as we've seen, unfortunately, violence in our society. And so you never know when planting that little seed, you pray somebody else comes along and waters it and waters it, and it can grow into a tree that includes more kindness, more love, more generosity, and more courage to be thoughtful mm-hmm. um, and, and, and maybe do a little bit of, of learning and growth and, and push past. Uh, uh, that uh, discomfort um, of your own understanding, your own background, your own norms, your own preferences to really understand who someone else might be and how your comments, your thoughts, your perspective, or you, or you not even just recognizing them and acknowledging them can make them feel. And that can really open you up to a beautiful growth in learning and opportunity of, of connecting with someone you might not have known or just being able to learn and be a more thoughtful, uh, inclusive person. And we need that, obviously, increasingly uh, in this in this society, in our country here in America in particular. But I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I promise we're going to try to be a little better about our podcasting. But we thank you guys for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful day. And if you get bored, if we don't come back soon, keep listening to Russell Fugit's Leadership, Legacy, and Love. I'm going pl- to plug my that. podcast. Plug. There's that. Oh, yeah, you guys got to go listen to the yeah. inauguration listen day. Listen to the inauguration episode. Yes. Listen to my listen speech to the part at about Georgetown Chris. Prep. And I have some other stuff good coming in hot soon. Um, stay tuned, but also, you know, stay tuned here. We, I'm going to try to keep nudging my wife to, to be more frequent in this space because it's a very special space. And I know, um, lovingly and humbly it's impacted a lot of people who've listened and are getting free, um, from alcoholism, addiction and, and learning as we learn as a married couple and the parents are learning with us along the way. So thank you. Thank you guys. We love you. Hey guys, like always, we're going to end with an encouragement. I want to encourage you to be an ally and don't stay quiet. 
uh, silence is complicit. So I really want to encourage you like they do when you're at the airport. If you see something, say something. Okay, so don't sit quiet. Uh, don't act like someone else might speak up. If you sense an uncomfortableness, definitely speak up. But speak up in love. Uh, don't entertain racist conversations. We have to call them out in love. As the Bible says, the power of life and death is in our tongue. So just make sure that if you're having those difficult conversations, that you keep that in the forefront and you remember what Pastor Jimmy said um, in the clip. And lastly, I encourage you if you are a mixed race family like ours and you ever uh, run into situations like this, or if you're not a mixed race family and if you're a family of color um, and you run into these type of situations that you make space and time to talk with your child about it. Um, we did that with Paige. We had her journal. We talked through it. We prayed through it. Um, and it was really good for our family uh, to walk through that together. So I just encourage you to make space for your child to unpack those feelings or your loved one to unpack, unpack those feelings around the situation. So love you guys. And as Pastor Jimmy said, I just want to leave you with this last thing. Never confront someone unless the goal is to bring them to life. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next time. Bye.